So guys, today's really exciting. We're going to do something a little bit different today. Today, we are kicking off our Summer Blockbusters series. How many of you remember that from last year? Pretty exciting. And uh, like six people. Woo! That's awesome. Uh, you six are going to enjoy it again. But uh, if you remember last year, what we do in Summer Blockbusters is we play a movie clip and then the message is going to tie in with that movie clip. So we wanted to come up and give you fair warning. Sometimes uh, when you're transitioning from kind of like spiritual moment of singing and worship and then prayer, and then all of a sudden a movie comes on and explosions and stuff, it gets a little jarring. But you guys ready to lean in and uh, watch our first summer blockbuster today? Yeah. All right, I'll be back up in a few minutes. Let's go. All right, let's give it a hand. How many of you are like, admit it, you're a little disappointed that we have to stop watching a movie? Yeah, you're like... I want to see what happens. Well, I'm, I promise the ending of this movie is so, going to be so much better than what we saw. No, it's not. It's not as good, but, uh, but I'll do my best. How about that? Good to see you guys. Hey, my name is Pastor Jake, and my wife Bethany and I are the... Uh, my name is actually Jake. Pastor's not my name. It's my, it's my title. Thanks, Brittany. Appreciate it. But uh, my wife Bethany and I are the pastors here at Joy Church. We want to just welcome you. If you're visiting today, checking out church, hopefully uh, you're having a great time feeling welcome, and we're excited that you're here. And uh, everybody else, I'm excited that you're here, excited about being part of Summer Blockbusters. And as we started kicking it off here with Men in Black, uh, what we're going to talk about today is the reality that there is more to life than meets the eye. There is a spiritual realm. There is a, a, a layer of reality that is different than what we perceive with our natural senses. And we're going to talk about the fact that for all of us, we've kind of been shaped by this philosophy or idea called naturalism, which is that the natural world is all there is as Carl Sagan once said, uh, the cosmos is all there was, all there is, and all there ever will be. And this view of naturalism has shaped us. So even if we accept or believe in some form of the spiritual or paranormal or whatever, we tend to see it as kind of like dream world or less than real than the real world. And you'll even hear people say, well, there's the real world and there's the spiritual world. But the reality is, I said the world real a lot there, the, the reality is that the, the fabric of the universe is actually intertwined. There's a spiritual and a natural world, and they're both real. And though there is a seen and an unseen world, the unseen world is so important and actually impacts and influences the natural world that we see around us. So we're going to talk about this. Now, how many of you would say like me that you're kind of into, excited about a little bit, maybe obsessed even with paranormal? Anybody? Like be honest. Everybody's like, no, I don't, I don't know. How many of you would be like as nerdy as me to say you listen to Coast to Coast AM and you know what Coast to Coast AM is? Come on. Where's my coasters at? So for those of you who don't even know what Coast to Coast AM is, it's the show that you listen to if you want to get so scared uh, that you, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, I'll say that. It's between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. in the morning, if you're driving in the United States, you get to hear the dun 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 Have you ever heard that music? And you know it's going to be Art Bell or George Norrie now, the guy that does Coast to Coast AM. Coast to Coast AM is all about the supernatural. It's all about ghosts and aliens and and uh, stuff like we just watched, it's about demons and people seeing shadow people and the men in black and like all the conspiracy theories. And I love it. And so do hundreds of other, hundreds of thousands of other truckers, right? <laughs> like the only people that listen to it are truckers and people who are like, Clem and I were out in a cornfield and I swear to God, we saw that UFO came out of nowhere and they're doing all kinds of unnatural things to my brother and I. <laughs> Enough said. Anyways. Our culture is really interested. So Coast to Coast AM is this whole show about this. And, and I, I love uh, Coast to Coast AM. Like I am fascinated by the paranormal. And I remember one time I was listening to, I used to listen to it at night uh, in our bedroom because I'm weird. 
And uh, it was like 10 or 11 at night. And there was a show that was going to come on these people that recorded ghosts. Okay. And I'm not saying I believe in all this. I'm just, you know, just stay with me here. So these people that recorded ghosts, they were going to, they were going to play their recordings. And so I'm laying in bed and they're like, yeah, this is this old house. And there's this, this woman died, you know, she's an old woman. And and so she still haunts this place. And I'm like, oh my God. And so uh, I'm listening and they're like, we're going to play a recording. So they turn it on and it's just kind of. And all of a sudden you hear this raspy voice, get out. I was laying in bed, completely paralyzed. <laughs> my wife puts her hand on me, Jake, uh-huh. Turn it off. Yep. <laughs> Reached over. I don't listen to it at night anymore because I like to sleep, right? But super scary. That's the kind of stuff you get on Coast to Coast AM. But the reality is people are fascinated with paranormal, with the spiritual world. In fact, I'll give you some stats like about paranormal belief in uh, culture. Um, 55% of people believe that ancient advanced civilizations such as Atlantis once existed. I think it's possible. Anyways, uh, 55%, so more than half. 52.3% of people believe that places can be haunted by spirits. So more than half people believe in ghosts, hauntings. Uh, uh, 35% believe that aliens have visited earth in our ancient past. 26.2% believe aliens have come to earth in modern times. 25% of people actually believe that some people can move objects with their minds. I'm actually one of these people. And I'll tell you why. The reason I believe it is because my grandpa could do it. I didn't see it, but my dad told me. Pretty scary. (laughs) He actually could, though. It's not a joke. But anyways, 25%. uh, Before he became a Christian, he was really into the whole stuff. Anyways, 19.4% of people believe that fortune tellers and psychics can foresee the future. The only psychic I believe in is Lady Cleo. Uh, Older people like that. Okay, 16.2% of people believe Bigfoot is a real creature. And don't at me. You can't prove he's not. I've heard some stories. I always collect. I know uh, different people in the church. I, I won't out them because I don't want anybody to get labeled as <laughs> somebody. But uh, here's stories about Bigfoot, Sasquatch. We were camping this week, and I came out of the, uh, the shower and, you know, the bathrooms, and I had a, just a towel on. And people were like, look, it's Sasquatch. And I'm like, come on. No, we, we, <laughs> we were uh, camping this week, and we were on the fire, and we started talking about Bigfoot, Sasquatch, you know, what you talk about. And my brother, was, he said Sasquatch. And we're like... What is that, like a plural of Sasquatch, you know? The Sasquatch are coming, you know? What are you talking about, Johnny? So we mercilessly mocked him like good Christians do. Uh, But looking at all these stats, what are we looking at here? We're looking at the fact that people all around us, in fact, I mean, you and I, we have some beliefs, some connections, some ideas about the paranormal, about that which is sort of outside of the realm of the ordinary. And I think the reason why this stuff is so fascinating, like even if you're a skeptic, even if you're like, there's no Bigfoot, there's no aliens, like this is all, you know, hogwash, you're still paying attention because it's interesting. There's something that's fascinating about the unseen. There's something fascinating about that which goes bump in the night. And I think the reason why is because we are sort of at a deep primal level aware of the fact that what meets the eye, the, that which we can observe and interact with in our five empirical senses is not all that there is. There's more to life than meets the eye. There is a spiritual realm. There is an unseen realm. Now, I'm not saying there are ghosts, there are Bigfoot, there are aliens. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying there's not. You can leave here open-minded about these types of things and figure it out for yourself. George Norrie will help you between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. You'll learn about all kinds of things that will scare you to death. Anyways, 
But, but the reality is we're interested because there's something in it that grips us about the unseen, this kind of creepy stuff. And I think it's because deep down we know there's an unseen world. And just like in the movie when he says, you know, you, what was real, what was true back then, now people wouldn't have believed it, but now it's a reality. He says, what will you believe tomorrow? Like when her eyes get open and you begin to connect with some of these things, it's very interesting. A couple thousand years ago, the apostle Paul, he actually wrote about the nature of reality and the, and the existence of a spiritual world that coexists and is interwoven with the world that we see around us, the natural world. It says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. Now, I know we, we hear this passage, and if you've been a Christian for more than a few years, you've probably heard it preached and talked about and read about the armor of God and Paul's talking about the armor of God. And I remember when I was a kid, like I would do this little religious ritual where in the morning I'd be like, okay, I, I put on the armor of God. I'm putting on the helmet of salvation. And I would like act out this little thing. And it's kind of silly because that's actually not what he's talking about here of like going through kind of like a religious activity, putting on the armor. I put on the belt of truth. It's a belt buckle. It has, it says truth on it in Greek. It's really cool. Like it's not what he's talking about here. Um, he's talking about the nature of reality. And you're going to see what I mean by that. So he says, Put on all of God's armor so you'll be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. He says, for we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Now, before you just sort of glaze over this passage, and if you've heard it before, you kind of just tend like, yeah, 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 unseen world powers, you know, all this stuff. What Paul is saying is there's an unseen realm. Like we tend to get caught up and fight against other people, flesh and blood. We get mad about politics. We get mad about what happens on Twitter. We get mad at each other. We get mad at our spouse, our kids, our friends, our coworkers. Like we're fighting against flesh and blood. But Paul's saying, hey, before you get all caught up in that, before you get all caught up in what you can see and just what you experience in the natural world, understand that there's more to the story than meets the eye. There's an unseen realm. In fact, it's not just an unseen spiritual world. There's bad entities, bad spirits, bad scary things that are inhabiting this place. And they're our real enemy. We're not just fighting against flesh and blood, but we're fighting against these evil rulers and authorities in the unseen world, against these mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. And then Paul says, therefore, when you go to the next verse, he says, therefore, put on every piece of God's armor. Now, when you see the word therefore in scripture, you got to look for what it's, why is it, what is it there for? right? Paul's saying, because I've just made this statement about the fundamental nature of reality. So this isn't like, this isn't just like cutesy religious jargon. What he's saying is, hey, everybody, you might just think that the world is what you can taste, touch, see, smell, so on and so forth, that which you can perceive and interact with with your empirical senses, but it's not. There's more to it than that. There's this unseen world. There's a spiritual world. It's woven together, and it's just as real as what we would call the real world. And he says, because that's true, because that is the reality of the way the world is, of the way the universe is, therefore, it's important that you put on the armor of God. And so he says, put on all of his armor. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. He says, stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth, the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you'll be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert 
and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Paul's saying, hey, I'm gonna tell you some stuff that you need to do. You need to wear this armor. You need to prepare yourself in this way because there's a spiritual world, but also there's a spiritual battle. And how many of you know, we get really caught up in fighting against flesh and blood. Any married people in here ever have conflict? You're liars. I was like, no, we don't fight. Do we, honey? No. <laughs> Uh, my wife and I, we, uh, though we are pastors, my kids always remind us that we're pastors and how we're not allowed to do things like say bad words when people cut us off on the belt line and stuff. But though we are pastors, we are real people, believe it or not. And we actually have conflict and fights and, uh, we're really into the Enneagram. Anybody like into the Enneagram? It's, woo -woo, it's like the weirdest thing to be like, yeah, <laughs> really pumped about it. Anyways, Enneagram is like a personality test in it. So I'm a one in the Enneagram. My kind of root drive is perfectionism. Like, I want to know I'm good. Like, I, I've done a good job. Her personality, her, her number is seven. So she wants to avoid pain and she wants to have fun all the time. And so sometimes we're very different people. Sometimes our motivations and our objectives and the way we perceive reality and the way that we uh, connect or don't connect, it goes into conflict. Anybody else willing to be honest that in marriage, sometimes you realize they don't think like you. And what you really think in that moment is they don't think at all. Because when, you, when, you, when somebody sees reality fundamentally different, they perceive the same set of circumstances in a completely different way. It's baffling, boggles the mind. It leads to conflict. And what you find is that this, this is happening all the time. This is, this is and we, what we're going to get tempted to do is say, oh, it's that person. They're a bad person. They're, they, they don't understand. They're, they're just, they're selfish. They're, they're this or whatever. And we're completely getting caught up in wrestling against flesh and blood. And this can happen if it goes with coworkers, with politics. We just, oh, it's the Democrats. Oh, it's the Republicans. What are you doing? You're wrestling against flesh and blood. And you're not, not awake to the reality that there's puppet masters operating behind the scenes. Are you with me? You see, Paul's saying, guys, I want to I get you woke. I want to I alert you to the fact that there's a spiritual world that you have to take into account. And if you only wrestle against flesh and blood, you're never actually dealing with the root, with the real uh, issue behind the issue. Are you with me? Now, I'm not saying every single thing that happens, every fight in a marriage, every uh, inter interaction with coworkers or children that doesn't go exactly right is demons. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying, though, is that some of them are influenced. There's an, there's an effect that's taking place from the unseen realm. And Paul's saying, this is why I want you to understand to put on the armor of God. Now, when we talk about the armor of God, it's not like you wake up in the morning and you're like, okay, I put on the helmet of salvation. <laughs> what does that mean? It doesn't mean anything. Like Christians, let me just get into your wheelhouse a little bit. We do a bunch of weird stuff. Just because you have a precious, precious moments plaque in your bathroom that you read when you poop, it doesn't make you like more spiritual. It doesn't protect you. That's like talismans. You know what I mean? Like we have a cross on our door. Okay. You could have a lot of different, you could put a star or Santa Claus on your door. It does the same effect. I, people are like, I wear a cross on my neck. That's awesome. It's, it, doesn't, it doesn't have any power. It's a symbol, okay? The power of the cross is in the resurrection and the, the, the death of Jesus when he gave his life for your sins and having faith and trust and actually connecting with the reality of the cross, not wearing a cross. You with me? So, okay, Christian, so like this whole thing of I wake up in the morning and I put on the armor of God. I'm not saying you shouldn't do it. I'm just saying you shouldn't do it. What you should do is this, put on salvation. 
salvation. Let your thoughts be directed to the reality that Jesus died for your sins and he rescued you from darkness and you don't belong to yourself anymore, but you have higher purpose. Come on. So when you live in the reality of salvation, you're wearing a helmet that guards your thinking. Come on. When you take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, you realize that God's word, I need to get it inside of me and through me to shake me and shape me and do some things. That's my offensive weapon. Come on. But it's not like I take up the sword of the spirit. And if you don't read your Bible, you don't have the sword of the spirit. Come on. You with me? He's saying, look, put on every piece, put on the belt of truth. If you're a liar, you're not wearing the belt of truth. You're probably wearing like a WWF belt and it looks super lame. And you probably like monster trucks, which I do too. Okay, let's be honest. The belt of truth isn't a belt. You don't wake up in the morning, I put on the belt of truth. Like the belt of truth is when you live your life with honesty and integrity and truth. And it keeps your pants up. The body armor of God's righteousness. When I was growing up, you know, we read different translations and it was the the breastplate of righteousness. So as like a repressed 13-year-old Christian youth, I'd always have a hard time with this to be like in youth reading it, like I put on the breastplate of righteousness. <laughs> so I like the body armor. It's way more the body armor, body armor, righteousness, the breastplate. <laughs> it's okay. It's uncomfortable. I know. Put on the, the body armor of God's righteousness. What protects you? What guards you? Righteousness, living rightly, agreeing with God's perspective of morality, not just what feels good in the moment. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news. What's he saying? He's saying you're resting in the peace of the gospel, that the battle is won. Jesus did everything. It's not by your own works, not by your own righteousness. This is what real spiritual warfare looks like. It's not like cutesy little slogans, mantras, talismans, putting crosses on. I'm not saying if you wear a cross, you should stop. You can do it. It's just jewelry. You need to understand it's jewelry. It's not spiritual. It could be spiritual, I suppose. I don't know. Maybe yours has like holy water on it or something, but but the reality is, you with me? I'm just having fun. People are getting mad. Okay, I know. I hurt, I hurt people's feelings. It's okay. Just eat the fish, spit out the bones. So <laughs> the reality, though, is when we, we, we kind of over-spiritualize, we mumbo-jumbo this stuff, we're actually losing sight of the reality that there is a spiritual battle. There is a real spiritual world. And Paul is saying, hey, this is the stuff you need to do to be aware and to be alert. So he says, the shield of faith, you know, it goes on about salvation, the sword of the spirit. But I want to call out these two words when he says, stay alert. How many of you have heard the word woke? Like I'm, I'm way too old to use it. I don't know how to use it appropriately in a sentence. But how many of you millennials, like a little bit younger than me, millennials can like use the word woke appropriately on a tweet or something, you know? Okay, that's awesome. But for the rest of us, I'll just enlighten you. It means to like be enlightened or alerted. Like I'm aware, I'm, I'm activated. Like we don't say stuff like this anymore. Like we, I'm woke now. Like I, I'm with it. I get it. You with me? So Paul's saying, hey, you need to be woke. You need to stay alert. You need to be aware and alive and awake to the reality of the spiritual realm. And, and because of that, to stay alert, the way you do that is you stay persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. How many of you know we need each other to pray for each other? Prayer is one of our weapons of warfare. Prayer is one of our weapons that we use in the spiritual realm because prayer is acknowledging this is outside of my realm of control. God, I'm, I'm acknowledging your sovereignty and your operation in the world and the reality of both the spiritual and natural world. So Paul's saying, guys, stay alert. Don't be asleep. You know, you ever heard of the term bread and circuses? Bread and circuses, anybody? Anybody going once, going twice? three times. My wife. Thank you, babe. 
Well, I was homeschooled, so I have a real education. So I'll tell you what it means. Um, <laughs> bread and circuses was from a Roman emperor that realized he could control the population if he kept them fed, if he kept their appetite satisfied, and if he kept them entertained. And what's fascinating to me is if you look at your life right now and you think about our culture is we are completely under the oppression of bread and circuses. And what I mean by this is that we are obsessed with the fulfillment at every moment of our whim and appetite, whether it be for food, for sex, for uh, fulfillment of some kind, and it could be any kind of any of those things. Like you can eat whatever you want. You can do whatever you want sexually. You can uh, express yourself. You can even choose your gender now and, and you can fulfill whatever need that you may or may want to um, satisfy at any moment. And culture is providing this to keep us satisfied, to keep us sedated, to keep us asleep. And then the other part of it is circuses, entertainment. You think about the fact that we're all enslaved. If you look at screen time on your iPhone, it's shocking and it's actually scary and it freaks me out how addicted I am to entertainment. You know, you get on Netflix and like every show is available to you. And like, it's not enough just to have now one streaming service with 45 million shows. Like now we all have... Netflix and Hulu and Amazon and Disney's got their thing coming out and CBS. And if you want to watch Star Trek, then you have to buy their thing. And entertainment is now like a right. Entertainment is now a part of life. And like, we're obsessed with entertainment and that's okay. Like, it's fine. I love watching TV. My wife and I watch a lot of TV. That's, that's fine. But here's where it's not fine. It's not fine when that is the thing that's actually keeping you completely sedated to the reality of the spiritual battle that's going on in the real world. Come on, are you with me? Now, you might be thinking to yourself, hey, I'm not like one of those young people watching Netflix all the time. I'm, I'm like super activated because I'm, you know, in my 50s. And if you're, all you do all day is watch news and, and get angry about things, that's entertainment too. It's just a different form. So don't, don't let yourself off the hook. That's all I mean to say. Because you might, a lot of people pass judgment on each generation for whatever their particular um, indulgences are. But we all share in this bread and circuses, bread and circuses, keeping us under wraps. And here's what Paul's saying. Guys, listen. Don't be tricked. There's a spiritual world and you need to be alert. You need to be awake. You need to be woke to the reality of the spiritual world. This is what you need to do. You need to put on the armor of God. You need to walk in this. Why? Because there's more to life than meets the eye. So don't get tricked into only dealing with one level of reality. Now, let me give a little uh, aside here for people that maybe believe in or espouse belief in the spiritual world. So if you're a Christian, you're like, yeah, I believe in God. So I believe in angels and stuff. And you sort of have a loose understanding of the spiritual world. But because of naturalism and how it shaped our understanding and our culture, what many people that even actually accept the spiritual world tend to operate under is kind of this idea of reality at two levels, being that there's the natural world and that's the real world. And then the spiritual world, which is like a dream world, okay? The spiritual world is kind of like, ooh, we don't really understand it. It's not real. The reality, though, about reality is that there is a natural and a spiritual world, and they're intertwined, and they're both just as real, and they influence and impact each other. Now, why am I telling you this? Why is this important? Because if you don't understand that they're intertwined and that they operate and interface with one another, you will always assume that you have to do what you think are spiritual things to influence the spiritual world and natural things to influence the natural world. And why is this broken down? Because the reality is very simple things we do in the natural world impact and influence the spiritual world. So this is why Paul says, look, don't just fight flesh and blood. Don't just think that you solve problems by doing things in the natural. You need to be aware there's a spiritual world. But subsequently, when we are aware there's a spiritual world, we don't just 
solve, here's what I mean by that, solving spiritual problems with spiritual things. When you hear the word spiritual, what do you think of? How many of you think of like seances, right? Like the people at the, the crystal ball and they're like, oh, and then the person with the flickering candles and who, you know, who, it's spiritual. That's what I think of anyways. I don't know. What, it's way more fun in my head than yours apparently, but you guys don't hear the voices? Okay, anyways, um, when you think of spiritual, like I tend to think of like the great Swami, oh, I'll tell you the future. You know, I think of like spiritual things like mumbo jumbo. I think of like people in the Appalachians like shaking snakes, you know, like weird stuff, right? How many of you know you might not get anything out of the message, but you won't be bored? <laughs> Donuts and entertainment, bread and circuses. Oh, we're on to something here. I think of spiritual stuff. So when I think about if I think the spiritual world is kind of like its own isolated reality and I have to do spiritual stuff, then I end up doing weird stuff that makes no impact in the spiritual realm. And, and conversely, if I think that the natural realm is sort of discreet and, and divided from the spiritual world, then I just do things in the natural, but they're connected. And so here's what I mean by this. When we talk about spiritual warfare, when we talk about fighting the real battle, very simple things you do affect both realms. That's why an act of kindness in the face of hostility is a, is a supreme act of spiritual warfare. When somebody comes and, and attacks you, is against you, is your enemy, and you show them grace and love, you are actually doing something very spiritual that is impacting the spiritual world. When you make a decision to, to, to do the right thing rather than the wrong thing in a particular moment, it is a supreme act of spiritual warfare. When you wake up in the morning and you make the, the decision to be disciplined about your relationship with God and actually get into his word and allow it to speak to you and change you, and heaven forbid you actually read it and then you actually put it into practice and you say, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm actually gonna do it. Like when you do that, you're engaging in spiritual warfare. What you're doing in the natural is making a profound impact in this unseen realm around you. This is why I say that it's important that we understand these realities. It's two sides of reality, and we need to fight the real battle. Our choice to pray, to do the right thing, to show kindness makes an impact in the spiritual world. So here's what we need to do with this, guys. Number one, we need to know that there's more to life than meets the eye. Just being alerted, just being aware that there's a spiritual realm will change how you live and change how you think and change how you operate. To be aware. It's not like, I'm not, I'm not saying you have to become like mumbo jumbo and start believing in aliens. I'm talking about the reality of saying, hey, there is more to life than meets the eye. Not everything is just a purely natural scenario or situation. I remember a time when uh, Evie, there was something kind of happened with her. Every night she was like really having trouble she was being really disobedient and she was being, but she was really very like tormented. You could, we could just tell it like she was really like twisted up on the inside and there was problems and we couldn't figure it out. And we were like asking her something happened, like what's going on? Wasn't sleeping well and all this kind of stuff. And I talked to my dad about it. He said, listen, son, he said, if you can't figure out what's going on in the natural, it's probably not a natural problem. It's probably a spiritual problem. He said, you guys are, and I think at the time we were planting the church, different things were going on. He said, you're, you're taking ground. You're doing something in your life to make, forward progress uh, in natural things, and, but it's a spiritual battle. There's these forces of darkness. People, you know, the, the, the forces of darkness, you can call it demons, the devil, whatever. The forces of darkness hate it when you start believing that you are who God says you are. The forces of darkness hate it when you get married, when you start a business, when you go to church, when you start to go to joy group. They hate it when you, when you start treating your wife with, with kindness and respect, guys. You're, the, the forces of darkness hate everything good about you and, and how God made you to actually be. And so there's resistance. 
Sometimes people quit church because they feel resistance, and that was the part where they were going to get breakthrough. Sometimes people quit on marriage because there's resistance, and that's when they were going to get breakthrough. Come on. Man, I wish I could preach more. I got three minutes. All right. Sometimes we quit, and that place of resistance is where the breakthrough is at. It's where the growth is at. It's where the victory is. My dad says, hey, if you can't figure it out in the natural, it's probably a spiritual problem. He says, just go pray. Go over her room. Pray over her at night. So we went in that night. And I just said, in Jesus' name, I just pray, Lord, your peace, your protection. I command any dark spirits, any forces that want to come and torment my little girl to get out in the name of Jesus. I might have even said some bad words in that moment. I don't know. But I mean, it makes me mad to think about the fact that there, is, there are spirits that, are, that want to find any hole. Come on. It's like rodents. They try to get in little mice can get in a, a dime-sized hole in your house. And we've got our doors wide open many times to dark things, spiritual things. And so I went in and I just said, in Jesus' name, I take authority. And guess what? Behavior changed. She slept. It, 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 it was fixed. It was solved. Yeah, it's awesome. Now, sometimes when I think it's a spiritual thing and I pray, nothing changes. Sometimes I'm just hangry. It's not a demon. <laughs> but I understand there's two interwoven realms, the real and the, and the, and the, the natural and the, the seen and the unseen, the natural and the spiritual. So we need to be aware. There's more to life than meets the eye. Number two, we need to put on the armor of God. And again, not religiously, not traditional, not fake. I'm, 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 in, you know, I'm casting a spell by wearing a cross. That's, that's not Christianity. Okay, that's something else. It's tradition. It's folklore. A lot of people reject Christianity for the wrong reasons. They reject it because we do really stupid, hokey stuff that Jesus either never said to do or whatever. And we call it Christianity and we get really mad when somebody challenges it and they're like, well, why do you do that? Well, this is what God's word says. No, that's like how you took it in. You know, where, you guys with me? What, what it means to put on the armor of God is actually to live in truth, actually to live in righteousness, actually to walk in the peace of the gospel, actually to have faith, to believe God and his word over uh, what you think about yourself or what the enemy says, that to, to think through salvation to be in God's word. That's what it means to put on the armor of God. Number three, Paul says, be alert, be woke. And the way we do that is we stay in prayer. We pray for each other. We pray for ourselves. We pray in the spirit. We need a prayer life. A praying church is a victorious church. Listen, you want to see Joy Church break through and achieve the destiny that God has for us as a group? We need to be people of prayer, not people of bread and circuses, people of prayer. Come on. If you're a man, the man of the house or the woman of the house, or you live in a house, or you know somebody that owns a house, whoever you are, you need to pray. You need to be, uh, you need to be violent about prayer. Like, no, it's time to pray. I don't want to pray. I'd rather eat Cheetos and watch The Young and the Restless or whatever, but I'm going to pray because that is, I'm, I'm being vigilant and, and aware that there's more to life than meets the eye. Prayer life, pray in the spirit, stay alert, be persistent in prayer. Well, I prayed, nothing happened. Keep praying. You ever heard the acronym PUSH? Pray until something happens. A lot of you are here because some grandma or some grandpa prayed until something happened in your life. Who are you doing that for? Last one, pray for fellow believers. Who are you uh, lifting up in prayer? Please pray for me. Please pray for me. And, and I'll pray for you. Let's pray for each other. How many of you would say, I would like to know that my fellow believers are actually like bringing me before God's attention? Come on. How many of you would like to know that there's a church around you that's in prayer, praying for our city, praying for you, praying for uh, God's will to be done? Let's stay in prayer. Amen. So we want to know there's more to life than meets the eye. Put on the armor of God and have a daily prayer life.
This morning, as we get ready to finish, appreciate everybody bearing with me. I put a lot of words into a short period of time. But you know what? I want you to know something most important of all, the number one act of spiritual warfare. The best way to take a step forward in this message is to put your trust and your faith in Jesus. To admit, I need a savior. Like, there's more to life than meets the eye. And even parts of you that are unseen, maybe wounds, maybe things that have happened in your past, but behaviors that you can't break, addictions, sin, whatever it is, but that part of you that's broken that you sort of are aware of, the only answer is to give your life to Jesus and let him do what only he can do in the unseen part of you. So if you're here today and you're like, Pastor Jake, I want to put my faith in Jesus for real. I don't want to put on a cross. I want to go to the cross. I don't want to put precious moments up in my bathroom, although please feel free. And if I come over to your house, don't feel embarrassed if you have precious moments. But maybe you're like, I want something real. I want something authentic. I want something tangible. Like I want to know God. I want to know him. I want to know his power. I want to know his love. I want to feel his presence. Like I want to know God in a real way. This is your opportunity to give your life to Jesus. Let's bow our head and close our eyes. If that's you and you're like, Pastor Jake, I want in. I want to put my faith in Jesus today. I want to know him for real. Would you just lift up your hand where I can see? Thank you. Thank you. Come on. I don't want religion. I don't want like that garbage. Like I, I want Jesus. I want his love. I want to be more compassionate. I want him to change me from the inside out. So awesome. Come on. There's more people here today. I want Jesus for real. Thank you, you guys. Thank you. Let's pray this prayer together. Let's all pray and just repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I put my faith and trust in you. Not in myself, not in my own goodness. I know that I've fallen short, but I thank you for your grace and mercy revealed to me at the cross where you gave your life for me and made a way for me to be reconciled with you. I give you my life and I receive you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen.